sisters, join the resistance. Come on, let's start by talking tactics. Have a pass and match us. Here's how we practice. The last order conversation. David Jason. Hello, fart butts of the internet, and welcome to Pop Culture Continuum. This is John Elliott. And this is Patrick Ricardi, who is not a fart butt. And this week we are doing. Dazed and Confused versus Boyhood. So we're getting pretty current with this one. Yeah, Dazed, Dazed and Confused. Confused. Yeah. Uh, actually, when did Dazed and Confused come out? Was it like 94 or something? Was it that long ago? Uh, 93. 93? Oh, yeah. Man. So it was, yeah, 11 years ago. But uh, this is your first time seeing it. Yes. 11 years ago. That's how long ago it was. And Quentin Tarantino apparently uh, listed it as one of the uh, top 100, as the 10th best film of all time in a sight and sound poll, which is uh, going a bit far, I would say. But then again, that's Quentin Tarantino. And he enjoys going a, a bit too far. He does. Uh, I don't know if you've seen his last two movies, uh, but he definitely went a bit too far into uh, boring, stupid territory. In any event, uh, what did you think of Days and Confused? It was much different than I thought it was. Not before I saw Boy- Boyhood kind of told me what it was going to be like, but when I had heard of it for years and years and knew about the all right, all right, all right, I thought it was a much different movie. More of a, a teen. Yeah, I didn't. More know of a was... Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yeah, I didn't know it was such a thoughtful movie. It was very, it was very good. Well, that's the thing about it. I think like. Uh... You know, it's in a way it, you could kind of say it's like Fast Times or American Graffiti or some other, you know, coming of age, last day of school type, uh, high school type movie. But it's so much, it's so well observed. Yes, and it's it's so meandering. There, I I don't remember American Graffiti that well, but I think in American Graffiti there was a obvious plot. Like, there was something going on that they were leading to, and Dazed and Confused didn't really have that. No. That's... Just, we're observing what's going on. We're listening to their music. We're driving around trying to find stuff to do. That, yeah, that's what's what's really great about it is that... And Boyhood, too, to some extent, um, both of these movies, there is no central conflict, really. Right. Which makes it different than 99% of the movies out there. I mean, <laughs> there is the whole thing of... Uh, Will the quarterback sign the uh, say no to drugs pledge that they give? But who gives a shit? I mean, it, it doesn't. Right. You could take that out of the movie and it wouldn't change the movie in one bit. Right. And it's only in there really to kind of show his character. Right. It's not an essential plot element. So, uh, yeah. You're not left wondering after the movie, what's going to happen to him since he didn't do. It doesn't matter. Right. No, it doesn't matter at all. It's not what it's about. It's it's about these kids. And, and in both. In both movies, I think, uh, like I said, very well observed. Richard Linklater, what really impresses me is that how much he he gets right. Like, I don't know how he's able to remember what it's like to be that age so well, but he really, it's really very realistic. We're making it sound maybe a lot more boring than it is, but... I... I... I thought it was a good movie, but I didn't find it to be 
in any way similar to how I thought. I, to I, your experience, or yeah, it was much different than my experience. Oh, I mean, me too. Okay, so I, but, the whole the, the way people acted with each other is different than I would expect in any time. But I don't know what you mean then. I I just mean the the character the, the the way the characters talk, and and um you know they're they're stupid fucking idiots and but they're not judged for being stupid idiots they're just yeah, high schoolers like that's that's how high schoolers talk they talk about getting laid they're crude they talk okay, yeah. about it's very I, very realistic in that way yeah yeah they get they're, high and talk about how George Washington was part of an alien conspiracy and shit <laughs> yeah the stoner dude was pretty spot on yeah, yeah. Both, both in writing and in acting he was really good as far as the whole uh, hazing thing with the that was bizarre junior high kids, yeah, I but I don't know. I assume um, Richard Linklater grew up during this time, and I know he grew up in what in Austin. He's from Austin, right? Um, yeah, I'm I, I'm not saying it's not true. It's just it's hard to, for me to understand that it's true. Yeah, it's, it's so bizarre. Well, it was the seventies. It was a yeah, but it time. seems like something from the 50s. It seems like fraternity, college fraternities in the 50s something they would do. But I guess it makes sense with Texas and football because everything you hear about Texas and football, it's it's weird. Yeah, that's true. They're, they're like their whole own little, uh, I don't even know. It's like Sharia law down there. Yes, exactly. Um, but yeah, it was, I really, I hadn't watched it for a long time, but that is what I like about it is that it wasn't your typical teen, uh, teen movie. And, uh, it, you can, will easily contrast it with boyhood too, because this film takes place during the course of one day, basically. Right. Um, it's like that uh, opposite of boyhood. Right. But, um, but I thought overall the actors did a good job. It, it still had some of the problems that you get with high school movies where, some of the people look like they're 30 years old playing high school seniors. Oh, who, who do you think was, was bad on that in that respect? Well, I think uh, it not necessarily bad. Just some of them looked older. I thought even Ben Affleck looked a little too old to be a senior. Um, oh, really? I thought, I thought he was that young at that point. He could have been, maybe it's just, uh, he was like 21. Yeah. And the, uh, the, it just, it, I, I hear what you're saying. It just didn't seem as egregious as other movies. They no, all seemed kind of close, except for McConaughey and his character was supposed to be older anyway. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and he did a great job. Yeah, he was awesome. And that's what's so funny, because I, I expected this to be an over-the-top... Caricature. Kind of car- caricature in the whole movie to be like that, but it really wasn't. It was very subtle and low-key. And he was playing kind of a, a... Not despicable, kind of... Somebody wouldn't like that much, but he kind of kind of made him likable yeah he, i mean these guys knew who what he they knew what he was but uh but they still hung out with him i mean they, right yeah and even the even the high school girls knew what he was and and they could go along with it mm-hmm. um yeah it's interesting interesting too the uh to see there was none of the uh, there was none of the jock versus nerd thing in it. Like everybody got along. They were all, you know, the the main guy who was the quarterback of the football team. He hung out with the stoners. He hung out with the nerds. Yeah, but that was a that was a little tiny bit of conflict. He was hanging out with the wrong people. But 
Like he was well, according to his, his coach. Yeah, uh, not only to his coach, but according to the other players. I mean, they didn't mind him hanging out with them, but they didn't want him to give up their his loyalty to the team, and he wasn't interested in that. So I thought that was a little bit of a, a jock versus a jock versus something, not necessarily versus Nerva. Jock, jock versus, versus other jock. Yeah, a, a jock. Well, jock versus another viewpoint, like the more like a, the the fifties jock viewpoint versus the seventies free love viewpoint. I guess not necessarily free love, but seventies. Rebellion, right? And well, and that was another thing. Like everybody from from all the different social groups in school, they all listened to the same music. They yeah. all they all got high and drunk like it wasn't right. Uh, which is another interesting thing about. I mean, it was set right at the perfect time, I think, for 1976 because everybody was listening to the same music. It wasn't uh, punk. The Ramones had come out, but but punk didn't really split music until another year or two at least in america um so so everybody was there weren't like when i was in high school in the 80s there were the definite groups you know you had the skater punks and you had the preppies and the people who listened to top 40 radio who were all just kind of idiots and uh, well 76 how where's disco come in is that not till later no, no disco's around i guess but i mean i think in a in a small Texas town that's largely right. white, disco's not going to have much of an impact. Yeah. Now, how did this movie pass the time period test of, of music? Was it all oh yeah six before? Yeah, yeah. He, he, he got it right. Um, I know that's a, a big deal with you, so... It always annoys me. No, yeah, he, he knew what he was talking about, which is not surprising. No. But uh, pretty terrible music, it, that that was not a great period for well you would have liked it much better if if uh, robert plant had agreed to let his led zeppelin song on oh would i you would nothing like that caterwauling banshee shriek it's just an odd fact that that uh jimmy page said yes and robert plant said no or maybe vice versa i don't know it doesn't matter why he said no i can't figure out it it's not like led zeppelin is is the beastie boys who don't want their well the beastie boys have their stuff in movies so i don't i don't understand why they said no i don't either i think it's they think they have some kind of really weird integrity that I don't think the general public thinks they ha their music has. So, uh, I mean, it was for the longest time they were one of the holdouts on digital albums being released too. They're like, no, not going to do it. And now I think the only holdout is uh, Def Leppard, another band with great integrity. There's there's no way that's true. Are you telling me I can't go on iTunes and buy Def Leppard? You cannot. There might be like a live album or something on iTunes, but you can you can go on and look. You won't you won't find Def Leppard. One of the last holdouts, uh, ACDC, just recently uh, within the last year or so. Is there is do they have reasoning? I don't. I swear to God, maybe this was a fever dream I had, but I remember ACDC saying um, that they didn't want their their song shouldn't be experienced like that. You needed to, to get the whole album to experience. And if there's any group that that's less true of in the world than ACDC, I can't think of it. They're definitely a uh, pick-and-choose-your-songs band. Their you albums did not cohere like you... as like artistic statements. So why is it that they'll allow their live stuff to go for sale? Yeah, I, I who the hell knows? weird it's so weird oh well 
Yeah, well, well, let's be honest. We're not really missing out on anything with that. No, I, I, I got a Def Leppard album as a birthday present when I was 12 years old, and I never. It, it's still in the plastic somewhere, probably in the bottom of a deep, 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 deep dump. Was it? It had to be either Pyromania or Hysteria. Uh, I think it was Pyromania. Yeah. I, I really couldn't tell you. And at that point, I wasn't even listening to any kind of music. And uh, I, the only kind of record player I had was the record player that... A Fisher Price? Pretty much. The kind where you had the record player and then you had little slides that showed pictures. Do you remember those? Or maybe those were a little bit after you. That Yeah, no, I don't. I have no idea. Yeah, so I didn't really have a place to play it. Well, you you uh, you dodge a bullet there. Thank God. It's all right. But, yeah, Dazed, dazed and Confused... Uh, I thought, I mean, aside from the, aside from the weird <clears throat> paddling uh, eighth graders, that's that's the thing that was was not only was it weird, but it was off-putting. The, the just off-putting in general. Well, because they really beat the shit out of the eighth graders yes. with the paddles. It wasn't just. And the, I mean, the the way it was filmed was was, ugh, it, was it was creepy. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it was, I think it was meant to show. Uh, how kind of barbaric the practice was. Right, yeah. So, they, I mean, I guess this is something that, that existed where in shop class you made these paddles and you wrote whatever you wanted on them and then you went on the last day of school and found all the uh, graduating eighth graders you could and beat the hell out of them. Yeah, that's, it's kind of a uh, kind of a metaphor for America in a microcosm. I don't know what that means. I don't either. But the acting was pretty good throughout. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, they had all all the typical indie 90s people like Parker Posey. And well, I guess Parker Posey was the only indie person in there. Everyone else has kind of made it big after this movie. But I think Parker Posey was already popular by 93, wasn't think, she? Or, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think she was at the start of her indie queen period. Oh, uh, I'm wrong. This is her second movie. So, uh, no, she was nothing yet. It was well before all the all the big stuff. Anyway, yeah, and, everybody was not everybody, but pretty much very good. Yeah, Ben Affleck. Uh, I don't know if this was his first movie, but it was definitely well, super I wasn't, early. In wasn't his he career. a child actor? Oh, was he? Yeah, I think so. Oh, I don't. I don't yeah, know what it was. He played uh, Webster. Well, he was Webster's stunt double. Oh, was he? Mm-hmm. That's not nearly as cool. Um, yeah, I'm his, gonna. Look his up. first his first role was 1981. He played the pivotal kid in the street in the, a film or TV show or who knows called The Dark End of the Street. Oh, The Great Dark End of the Street. It was um <clears throat> wow. It was a an actual movie. Yeah, he played kid in the street and then he was in Hands of a Stranger. So it sounds like he was into some maybe 80s uh, pedophilia related movies because the next well his next one was 91 but that was called Daddy so I think this is what I was thinking of he was in a, a, nothing I ever watched but I think I'd heard of a, a, a PBS show called The Voyage of the Mimi and it was some kind of educational show that he, he did when he was a kid that's crazy I didn't know he had started that that far back so he's well he's from Boston but then not really I guess he he must have moved out to Hollywood Early well, on, I, I think that that the the PBS show is probably a a uh, Boston produced show, maybe UGBN w- or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. 
Uh, he was also in an uh, ABC After School special called Wanted the Perfect Guy in uh, 1986. So, and I wonder if he was the perfect guy. Let's have a look. He was he was pretty good in this angry, angry role. Yeah, he was. I thought so, too. He did a good job as an asshole. And he got the, you know, kind of typical movie comeuppance. Right, yeah. And he, re- he reacted in a typical movie comeuppance, and so did the everyone around him. Yeah. No, I think everyone around him didn't act typical. Because usually in these kind of movies, when the bully gets something happened to him, his, his little... Uh, you know, the the hangers on will go with them the exact revenge, but he was left on his own just to stew in his own juices. Yeah. In his own paint. I was surprised to see Joey Lauren Adams in this. I didn't, I had no idea she was this far back and I had no idea she did anything before the Kevin Smith movies. Yeah, I know. Same here. Uh, small part, but she was fine. Yeah. I think the only one who, well, maybe not the only one, but, but, Probably the weakest link was the young kid. Uh, like the the other main st- yeah. star. That, yeah. He was he was all right. I he was fine. Him. He did a little <clears throat> a little mugging, but maybe you can't blame that so much on him either. I think he's someone's famous son. What? Oh, Wiley Wiggins. Maybe I read that wrong. Yeah, oh, I guess not. No. He, he is an American film actor and blogger. That's all. That's what I was thinking of. And he does look like an American film actor and blogger. Yeah, he does. And so, in a way, he's uh, he is the father of blogging. So maybe that's where you got confused. The blog father. So I'm, but looking at the uh, at the cast, Renee Zellweger is listed in the cast. Who? She didn't have any uh, words. Oh, she didn't. I don't even remember seeing her. So. I think it was just blinking. You missed it. I don't. I didn't see her either. I had read after I saw the movie that she had auditioned for a speaking role but didn't get it. And uh, the very weird Mila Jovovich is in it. Very pretty Mila Jovovich, who apparently married her boyfriend in the movie. And because she was 16, her mother had it annulled. Her mother had it annulled, really? Yeah, because she was 16. Well, how did she get it done in the first place then? If it's le- here's what I don't get. If it's legal to get married at 16, then how can your mother have it annulled? Maybe it was a different state. Oh, good point. Um, yeah, I get, yeah, she's pretty, although her hair. Oh, I don't mean in this movie. I mean later. Yeah, in, yeah. In uh, the the Fifth Element. Uh, I'm not a fan of that movie. A wonderful movie that almost everyone loves. Uh, yeah, her hair was uh, hideous in this movie, but it was very 70s. Yeah. <laughs> but she's barely in the movie. Yeah, no, she is. She, she's one of the, the stoners. And the song she sings is from her album. Is it really? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't recognize it because they were talking about uh, what the what song about? meant. Yeah. And I was like, was that a song in the 70s? How do I not know this? Uh, but I... I guess I don't know it because it's from her dumb album, which I have not listened to, and I'm just judging because it's by a Hollywood star. This story about her being married at 16 must be bullcrap. I read that somewhere, but it doesn't make any sense. Let's, anyway, first of all, let's try to watch the language. Sorry, bullshit. Thank you. Yeah, uh, 
some of these people, some of the actors went on to uh, bigger things. Some of them just faded into obscurity, which, I mean, that's nothing special. No, but the, it is it is kind of neat that some of them got as big as they, I mean, McConaughey's huge, and Adam Goldberg you see often. And this movie, he was definitely channeling Woody Allen, and that got kind of <laughs> yeah, he... after a while. But then the other people just disappeared. Yeah, I, I mean, he... Isn't he always kind of channeling Woody Allen? Is he? I guess I I don't remember. I think I, it's I just in, in the cadence of his voice. Um, yeah, the the main guy Jason London. I I'm trying to look him up, but it doesn't. I guess he's worked steadily, but I don't I don't remember him from a lot. So he has a twin brother named Jeremy, and Parker Posey has a twin brother named Christopher. And uh, Giovanna Rabisi's twin sister is in this movie. Mrs. Beck? Yeah, I, did, I had no idea there's any relation to Beck. Uh, when you're in Scientology, I yeah, think you have to marry a Scientologist. Your choices are limited. Yeah. Limited to other wackos. I mean, that that's what why Tom Cruise keeps getting divorced. He keeps marrying people who aren't Scientologists. Marry inside the church. Yeah, it's... That's how the Mormons do it. Look how they've turned out. Excellently. Yeah, very, very weird. I mean, there's also the fact that Tom Cruise is obviously gay, but I, th- I tend to think it's a Scientology thing. I don't know why the Tom Cruise gay rumor got, or the John Travolta, um, but I'm wondering if like Scientology, like some very uh, right-wing Christian churches, has a some kind of uh, thing you go through to cleanse you of being gay. What I, I mean, that's the rumor. That's what they say. Why Travolta and Cruz don't come out because Scientology says they shouldn't be gay. And I, I have no idea if that's true and I won't speculate, but are there any high profile gay people or Scientologists? Good question. Oh, that that's one. Damn. That's a, that's an advice question that we'll have to uh, research for next time. Right. I'm going to say no, not openly gay. Not that I can think of. Other than Tom Cruise. And John Schultz. Uh Yeah, th- so here's the thing about Richard Linklater, I think, um, that that is kind of unique. I think maybe the Coen brothers are, are similar. Um, well, well, first of all, I think he he doesn't make bad movies. He He makes movies that some aren't as great as the others, uh, but they're all at least interesting. Like even his his big ones, like School of Rock, was fun in a in a big Hollywood movie kind of way. Um, but the the other thing is, uh, I forgot what I was going to say. So please take it from there, Pat. I'm oh. just looking. At his, oh, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. I'm looking at his his after you say he makes no bad movies. I'm just looking at his. His list, how was me and Orson Welles? Oh, shit. I haven't seen that. It has Zac Efron. Oh, well, that's a recipe for greatness. Claire Danes. and it's Wait, it's... does Zac Efron play Orson Welles? That can't oh, be. That, can't, that would never work. No, that would, that, that would be his first terrible movie. Um, no, he doesn't. Christian well, McKay plays Orson Welles. Good. Oh, and he kind of looks like him, so that works. But I, I I haven't seen it. That was a movie I'd been inst- interested. I have not seen many of his movies, to be honest. I think I've seen them all except uh, 
Except me and Orson Welles. Although, Bad News Bears remake was unnecessary. Oh, that's so weird that he directed that. I remember that now. Why? Well, he didn't yeah. write it. It didn't get good reviews. It, it was unnecessary, so does that mean bad? Or he makes no bad movies? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't great. But it wasn't, like, the worst thing ever, either. It was just completely pointless. And, and it was so toned down from the original version that it was kind of toothless. What an odd choice. I mean, I mean, I know he has kids. Was he making it so a movie his kids could watch, or just needed the money? It was probably Weird. a money thing. I mean, it's probably yeah. a one for me, one for them. Because right before it, he did Before Sunset. So and right after it, Fast Food Nation. Yeah. And how's that? Good. Uh, oh shit! <laughs> I haven't seen Fast Food Nation either. Damn. Okay. Um, it's impossible to learn to plow by reading books. What? That's his first movie. It looks like it's a student film. So oh, it is, which is on the uh, which is on the Slacker Criterion Collection DVD. So you've seen it? I have not seen it. I have it, but I haven't. Okay. I haven't watched. I'm, it. I'm I'm enjoying finding all these ones you haven't seen. Suburbia. Seen it? How it, is it? Interesting. Uh, oh, he doesn't have much to do with it though. He's just a director. Yeah. Oh, and it has Eric Bagazi, and I like him. Okay, Newton Boys. Never heard of it. Oh shit! Nope, me either. Another oh, he, he reunited with Matthew McConaughey. So Com- comedy I'm, drama film. I'm a big fat liar because I, uh, apparently I haven't seen like four or five of his movies. I can say with absolute honesty, I've seen Dazed and Confused, Waking Life, and Boyhood, and enjoyed all three. Yeah, I really like Waking Life too, although uh, a lot of people didn't. I even liked I liked The Scanner Darkly, which didn't go anywhere either. Um, that was something I really looked. Looked forward to reading. I mean, seeing in the theater and, and left before I saw it. Well, well, what I was going to say was that, uh, like the Cohen brothers, I think Richard Linklater is a very well, not not the bad news bears and School of Rock stuff, but uh, a very arty filmmaker. But he's an arty filmmaker that's that people can appreciate. Like, it's not like David Lynch or or some weird eastern european director uh where it's just art for art's sake it's it's definitely approachable yeah yeah you can it, it's it's enjoyable on multiple levels which i think it describes dazed and confused pretty much perfectly because all that like teenage stoner stuff is kind of funny on whatever level you approach it but watching the movie just as as this kind of investigation of 1970s teenage life to I don't know if that's a good description, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, how no, it's I think observing it is. the people, how they're living. It's also good in that way, and just in just more of a thoughtful way. So it's, yeah, I think he's he's enjoyable on multiple levels. I haven't, I really look forward to seeing the the sunrise, sunset, uh, midnight. I don't know. I don't want to call it a trilogy because I think he's going to do a fourth one eventually. But whatever, whatever you call that, I'd like to see that because I've heard nothing but good things, and I like, I do like his 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 way of of thinking yeah those those are great uh midnight is the weakest of of the three um but those kind of split the difference between days and confused and boyhood um and i highly recommend in fact maybe that'll be my recommendation since we're doing a richard link later thing um yeah you should you should check those out but but yeah i i think like in talking about his movies it's hard to because they're like we said, not really plot driven. Um, they're they're kind of character driven, and and they're more about small moments than than big statements. Right. Although yeah. there is kind of an 
overall statement to this stuff. But but that's not what they're not typical Hollywood fare, and I think it it makes it sound like it's not going to be enjoyable for just the average person to watch his stuff. But but they are his movies are are very fun. Right. Yeah, I think so. I would say Waking Life may be the least, it probably the most arty, and uh, the least accessible uh, to just to just your average film goer but still uh, overall i think it holds of course waking life only came out three years ago that is true 2001 three years ago back when uh back when gw bush the first was in office wait what are you talking about oh yeah 2001 three years ago you're right Anyway, uh, I don't know. I, there's not a lot to say about Days and Confused that we haven't said. Yeah, I was going to say. I think we have said a lot. I yeah, I, I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I, I don't, I don't know what what I expected, but it was much different. It's it's funny how different it is. It not not so much Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I think I was expecting more. And this is a terrible movie, but Reality Bites. Oh yeah. Oh God, that is a terrible movie. Yeah, because it was it was during that period as well. Right, and it was it was kind. Of, I have never seen Reality Bites, so I don't know why <laughs> how I can compare it to that. But I think I've I've seen bits and pieces of that, and I thought that's what this was like. Yeah, and this is nothing like that. That that movie was basically Generation X pandering all the way through. And uh, yeah, yeah, no, this is this is as we said, just kind of a slice of life movie. Uh, it's a, I mean, it's one day, one day, the last day of school and, and the parties and they just hang out. Yeah. Yes. They don't get in, they don't do anything super crazy. Uh, they do what basically, uh, high school graduates have done since the beginning of time, go out and get drunk and hang out and maybe try to make out with somebody a little bit. And that's about it. So... Linklater or his production company or someone got sued after this movie, actually well after this movie movie in 2004, well this year, because they didn't like they were uh, people from his his town that were had the same last name as characters in the movie and they didn't like how they were de- depicted. Oh Jesus Christ! And the great thing is it, they they sued in New Mexico because the statute of limitations was longer there and it still got thrown out for being past the statute of limitations. It should have gotten thrown out for being utterly ridiculous. I, I, they might have put that reason at the end of the throw-out letter. Yeah, the judge sends a throw-out letter to... And and there's a claim on Wikipedia that his next movie is going to be a spiritual sequel to Dazed and Confused. A spiritual sequel? Called That's What I'm Talking About, about life in college during the 80s. Is that true? Yep. Well, he kind of, he kind of missed... Uh, another opportunity to get sued because he could have called it What You Talking About Willis. It would have fit perfectly. Because I think that was the number one show among college students in the 80s. Well, that's a stupid thing to say. It's a number one show among college students forever once it was made. True. I am quite the stupid idiot. And with that, uh, why don't we take a break? Well, before we take a break, how about we read our first advice letter? I didn't know we got one, so yes, please. I uh, we did, and in fact, it 
It didn't come through email as I expected, but it came in, in the actual mail. It's weird that they got your address, but I guess I, with Google nowadays. I don't know how they got the address, but um, all right. So well, it starts off, dear John and Pat. And she, or let me see, her name is Rebecca Lanai. Lanay. Let me so say, she. Let me say first off, Rebecca. I don't. I don't really appreciate being uh, referred to as venison. But go ahead with your letter, Pat. Oh yeah. Well, she spelled it with the A. Oh, so the, she can't spell either. Good one. Well, she dummy. said, "Dear, dear John and Pat," and she used the ampersand and not the and, which I appreciate. Yeah, that's good. You, you, you're back in my heart. Go ahead. Thank you for taking the time to read my letter. I have a problem that only two people, such as yourselves, could solve. Well, that's that's nice of her. It's weird that only that two people could solve it, not just one. But okay. Well, you know, it's not something that. Uh, one person can figure out. So I guess we'll have to put our heads together. Maybe, maybe after I read the problem, we, we can figure it out. I All don't right. Know. All right. Yeah. Let's I, see where this goes. I, well, thanks. I'm writing this letter from prison. Oh, wow. Now I'm really worried that she has our address. I, I'm, I, uh, I think that that's a, a sad statement on the, uh, how, how, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? How pampered our prisoners are these days that they can, uh, they have access to the internet and podcasts, just sit around listening to podcasts all day, probably uh, eating lobster dinners. Go ahead. I was, I'm not here by choice, obviously. I was framed for a crime I did not commit. My days are spent in sorrow. The only happiness I have is listening to your podcast. Well, that's really nice. Thanks. It's too bad for you, really, but go on. Anyway... On to the advice I seek of you great men. Well, now I'm not so sure about her. What do you think I should do about a roommate who's always complaining about loud music? See, I don't. Again, you got hi fi's there in prison? Is she sure she's in prison? Uh, maybe she's just living at home and she considers it a prison and her roommate is her sister? I don't know. Let's, let's keep going. I always use my headphones and keep them at low volume, but she still complains. And once she even tried to st- wow, she once she even tried to st- stab me. What do you think I should do? I wait for your advice eagerly. Please give it on the podcast because it cost me cigarettes to receive letters. Love always, Rebecca Lanai. Well, now well, I'm almost even more sure that she's just living at home because I think, as we all know, cigarettes were a bartering system uh, in in most suburban family. Yeah. Well, at least up until, uh, the late 16th century. Yeah. That's, I mean, cigarettes are, are good for any family. You know, mothers need to get through their day. It's wine is not available for every mother. It's true. And they, the doctors are not nearly as good at prescribing pills as they were back in the sixties. Right. Thanks Uh, Obama. Why don't we, why don't we take a break? And then, wait, wait, we didn't answer her question at all. I thought we'd give up a little bit of a uh, edge of, you know, Oh, mystery. Yes. And we'll come back and answer it. Okay. Uh, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. We had a comrade, a brave comrade. He could talk for whole days, but then he Tried to be a hero Tried talking about Shamiro To computers wearing earphones oh. 
you enjoyed the break we did Not. shake it off uh boyhood as we we've both already recommended this movie on this show yes yeah, so if you haven't seen it you really should rush it i'm dazed and confused it was good but if you if, if in your life contract you can only watch one link layer movie i would say boyhood i would agree it's easily his best and uh and I don't know if I mentioned it when I when I did the recommendation, but uh, Patricia Arquette really kicked ass in this movie. Yes. I, I mean, I think everybody did a good job. A lot of people uh, complain about Linklater's daughter, who played the, the daughter in the movie, saying she I think, wasn't great. I, I thought she was fine. I don't know what the problem... Well, I, I think the problem probably is she's she's fine, but compared to everyone else, she's not as good. She's the weaker link. Yeah. Especially when she's younger. She gets better as she gets older, but especially when she's younger. But it doesn't, I mean, it's it's not bad at all. I wouldn't call that, I wouldn't say that's, a, as far as I'm concerned, a complaint about the movie, just just a, a, a point of fact. Right. It's like talking about the worst Beatles album. It's still good. Uh, right. Molasses 16. Yeah. Definitely the worst Beatles album. Um, yeah, but I thought, I don't know. It's it's so weird. Like it came out at a weird time, so I don't know if it's gonna be. I don't know if it'll be considered for awards, but it should really. Oh, it, it should I win all the awards. I don't know if it'll win, but I can't imagine it won't be nominated. It, it's gotten. If you go to Rotten Tomatoes, I think it's still at a hundred percent. Oh, I'm gonna go right now as I talk to you. I think it's at night. It was at ninety nine percent. I think. Yeah. I checked, but. But who said a bad thing about it? That's what's a, appalling to me. Yeah, I had. Uh, a friend of a friend of a friend, well, this dude I work with, uh, told me that a friend of his friends was saying how she couldn't stand the movie and thought it was just slow and boring. I was like, well, I, it, it's baffling to me. Like it's what most of the time I'm like, oh yeah, you don't like it, it's fine. You know, we're all we all have different tastes, but I, I don't, I can't fathom how somebody could not enjoy this movie. I can fathom not enjoying it, but I can't imagine despising it. Yeah, Maybe yeah. Someone same. says it was, you know, it was a little bit long. Okay, I didn't feel that way, but if you say that, that's fine. Or it it didn't have a plot. That's fine. You don't you don't like meandering stories. That's that's what you don't like. But to to despise it, that's that's weird. It is. It's very weird. It's it's so likable. Just it, it. I mean, it's it's likable as as a wonderful piece of art. It's likable as being so ambitious to make a story, a movie that 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 not only takes place over the course of 12 years, but using the same actor. So it's filmed over the course of 12 years is it's amazingly ambitious and they, they, they hit it. You know, how, how sad would it have been if he did this movie and it was a bad movie? Well, exactly. There's so many ways it could have gone wrong, but it didn't. And it just went right in, in ways you wouldn't have even expected it to. So. I mean, the guys, I mean, when people talk about the movie, they're like, well, what would happen have happened if one of the kids got, didn't want to act anymore if he got hurt or blah, blah, blah. Or I think Linklater talked about, well, I was more worried about the producers not wanting to produce it anymore. So I got lucky with that where they didn't mind giving little, little bits of money over the years for a, a gain much later. But I mean, a bigger risk and they didn't think about it because 
they know their their skill, they know what they're doing. But if it had been a bad movie, that would have just been depressing. Yeah, it really would have, and and it would have been probably uh, seen by Hollywood as a reason not to take risks on on movies Big, yeah. like this. You know. Well, I don't think. I mean, this is not some. That's the other thing is, is sometimes you'll have a a critical acclaimed movie that makes some money and will make other directors want to copy it, but no one's going to try to copy this idea. Right. No, I, when I say movies like this, I just mean uh, movies of ideas kind of. Right. You know? yeah. yeah. And, um, and th- the other lucky part is that the kid was such a good performer. I mean, I guess Linklater is a good director, so he, he brings that out in people, but you, you can't guess that a six year old is going to grow up and be able to emote like he did as an 18 year old. That was just great luck. Super luck, and the and the kid has been getting a lot of raves, and he deserves them. Yes, it's going to be interesting to see what he does next. I hope it's a Marvel movie. No doubt, no doubt. He seems like a very thoughtful dude. He did a Q and A on Reddit mm-hmm. um, that I read, and he seemed, you know, he seems to understand his place in the business and whatever you know what all this means. So yeah. And I think it was like someone asked him, what was your favorite Linklater film or something like that? And he's like, oh, I haven't seen them all. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, he said he wanted to see the Before Sunrise, Before Sunset movies, I guess. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, it's like, well, obviously he's, he's 19, 20 now, I guess. or eight, I don't know how old he is, but he's he's just coming of age. And before, he's just too young to understand them and even have any interest in them. And right. This is the perfect time for him to go through them. And it's kind of amazing that he's going through them. Like, like Ethan Hawke was probably not a father figure, but a, at least a good uncle figure that he'd see every year, and he get, gets to see him in this movie. It's, it's kind of cool. Yeah, and Ethan Hawke also did a great job. I, Very good. I have no special love for Ethan Hawke, but uh, he's he's always good in Linklater movies. I'll give him that. I have, I mean, I don't have any problem with him either. I don't have any special love, but does he do... Are his other movies not very good? Yeah, I... I don't know. I also heard from a, uh, well, she used to be a mutual friend of ours, kind of an online friend. Um, you probably know what I'm talking about because she used to go, she used to do like some breast cancer thing or something. She would like get autographs from actors uh, on Broadway. Oh, really? She would like hang out backstage or, or you know, outside the, the doors afterwards and get autographs and auction them for for whatever her cause was. And, uh, and she said that Ethan Hawke was just terrible jackass but you know that's also one of those things maybe he's just having a bad day you can't judge people on on one incident right yeah um so that probably colored my impression of him for a while but yeah i mean yeah he has done some some bad shit but who among us hasn't i was in reality bites true richard linklater hasn't well bad news bears is kind of a a mark in that that column but well you can't make something good when you're remaking a water math out movie that's true you'll never top the math um i think that might be the first time he's gone by that nickname the math mm-hmm. i'm i'm glad to have coined it because i think it's really the only one the thou doesn't really work and is jack lemon the lem jack lemon is the second coming of christ Wait, is Jack Jack Lemon's dead now too, right? Right. Okay. Well, they, it was a mutual suicide. Yeah, after Grumpy Old Men too. They're like, we'll show you Grumpy. That was the entire content of their suicide note. Um. Yeah, Walter Matthau was great, man. Yeah, he was. 
and you could tell he was like a curmudgeon in real life, but also uh, had a good heart underneath. And a, a great sense of humor. Yeah, a really good sense of humor. What was that movie? I think Charade, or there, he was in some spy movie with Scotch. Cary Grant. Oh no, yeah, Charade from way back with Cary Grant and Audrey Hepburn. That was a, a fantastic movie, and it, it went places I didn't expect. So if you if uh, that's not my recommendation, but if you have a chance, you should see that. Yeah, another Criterion Collection. Is it release? Yeah. That's cool. I, I we always talk about. I don't own any Criterion Collection movies because I never think to buy them. But every time we talk about it, it's an, a, you mention another good movie, and we just talked about recently how they don't have any Coen Brothers movies, and it doesn't make any sense. It's really weird because uh, they even they just did uh, Eraserhead, so now they got David Lynch. Um, if anybody kind of demands a, a Criterion release, I would think Coen Brothers. Do they insist on any anything from the creators of the movies? Is that why? If they're alive, do they have to participate? I don't know that they necessarily have to participate. I don't know why they mm. wouldn't want to, but... Yeah, well, maybe they never do commentary. Yeah, that's the thing. They don't seem to do... They don't have a lot of extras on their on their DVDs and Blu-rays and stuff um, as far as commentary. I think maybe the man who wasn't there has commentary, just maybe to try to boost the sales of that one or something, but... That wasn't that bad. It wasn't. I, as I said, I... The Coen Brothers are another one who I don't think they've made a bad movie. Uh, but you haven't seen Lady Killers yet. I have not seen Lady Killers, so not a bad movie. That yeah, I can't imagine it's something I'll hate. Uh, I I agree with your yeah, they haven't made a bad movie. But Boyhood, I think something that when people hear about Boyhood, too, uh, something that maybe doesn't get put across by the critics or people talking about it is that there's a lot of humor in it as well. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not a dreary movie. I mean, you hear that it's, you know, two hours and 45 minutes or whatever, and, and you're like, ugh. But goddamn, tran- the new Transformers movie was about that long. This has less explosions, but probably more true humor. Yeah, more true humor and, and weirdly, more robots. Well, the Transformers movies aren't true robots. They're just CGI monstrosities. Boyhood actually has robots. Yeah. What's amazing, not amazing, but really neat is this this movie that's made over the course of 12 or 13 years or whatever. Between eras, when he's when there's edit in, it doesn't feel like there's been an edit. It just feels like, oh, this is the next part. It's a natural. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, and then I, it, it doesn't, it's not emphasized either. It's not like there's a, a little uh, bug at the bottom of the screen that says now it's 2005 or now it's 2004. It's just, it you just can tell flows. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Sometimes, like especially when he was a younger kid, sometimes you can't even tell that it's jumped ahead in time. No, um, you can't tell right away until there's like something in the situation, like maybe there's something at home changed or he's in a different school. Right. But yeah, something it's really hard to tell. Ticks you off. Yeah, it's... it's uh, ticks you off. Tips you off. Um, it also ticks me off. Well. I'm easily angered. Yeah. Yeah. In a dark movie theater. Time moving forward in movies is one year, one year, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, um, yeah, and and one thing I really like about it, too, is that, um, as we kind of talked about in Days and Confused, uh, there's, there aren't, like, really huge big moments. I mean, there is there is a point where she marries kind of a, an alcoholic, somewhat abusive dude, um, but it's not really played for super high drama. 
No, we don't. We don't even see anything. That, oh, we see one thing, but yeah, we barely but it's mostly see what alluded to, right? Right. I mean, he sh- he throws, I think, a glass across the table, and that's that's the most you get. You 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 you're you're seeing things through his eyes, the the boy's eyes, but you're not seeing the the worst parts. Right. And I think it's 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 really neat that it's it's a movie about this kid growing up, but it it does it skips over almost all the the stereotypical growing up moments, like you don't see him losing his virginity or getting braces or you know that kind of thing you just see him living just normal days it right. doesn't skip it doesn't skip ahead at 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 uh like mileposts it just yeah. skips ahead at, at yeah ahead. it's yeah it's not about milestones it's about the the whole process of growing up i mean right and and there there was a a scene in it where um he's in i, I don't know if it's junior high or high school and he goes into the bathroom and and there's like some kid like fucking with him you know, being like, "Hey, faggot," or whatever, and nothing comes of it. And, right. And it's so great because you're like, "Yeah, that's that's just the kind of stuff that happens." Like, it's it doesn't turn into a whole huge thing where he, this guy's his nemesis for the next three years, and he's yeah. always trying to overcome it or or beat the guy, you know, at his own game or whatever. And that's real world in high school. I mean, in high school, sometimes people get pissed off at you and you don't know why, and then a week later they'll try to be your best friend, right? Or junior high, whatever. It's just. It's just a weird, a weird place to be. It, it's a super weird place to be, um, and we all remember it. And that's, and it's one reason I think we can all relate to it. Um, I think there were, if I recall, at first some people were complaining. You know, why is it boyhood? Why does it have to be from the man's point of view again? But I don't think that's even I did really not hear relevant. That yeah, I mean, I, that's. I mean, this is. This is the story you wrote. I, I, I didn't hear that complaint. I don't, I don't think, I agree. I don't think it's relevant. This yeah. is the story he wrote and this is the decision he made. Maybe another director will make Girlhood and they'll, they'll make it just as good, but this is what he made. Well, if, I mean, really the, the strongest person in this movie is a woman and, and probably the most, uh, the most sympathetic well, I guess the kid is very sympathetic. Yeah, sympathetic uh, but she's she holds the family together. She makes some really fucked up decisions, but that's what people do. As people do, yeah, exactly. Um, and but she she recovers from the fucked up decisions to to live her own life. Yes, and to 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 keep her family together. She it's yes, I would agree that she's the strongest. Uh, Patricia Arquette's character of yeah. is the mother is the strongest strongest character that's throughout the movie. I mean, the the father just as in the beginning of the movies, it's just in Alaska, apparently. Right. I don't know if that was a in lie. In Alaska, or... in quotes, yeah. You yeah, don't... I don't, you never find out that was a lie or not, but then he comes back into their lives eventually. Right. And I had read a review somewhere, and I wish I could uh, give attribution to it, but I can't remember where it was. Um, when they were talking about the title of Boyhood, they made the point that it's not just about this kid, it's also about Ethan Hawke's character and how how modern male um, adults are kind of in a state of arrested boyhood for a while. And it was, a, it was a really interesting uh, take on it. Mm-hmm. And, and I found it, uh, I found it, yeah, I found it kind of spot on. Although of, he grows as well. We, yes. But of all the heartbreaking points in the movie, I think the worst for me is when that conversation in the car, about, where, about where the new car, the car. Yeah. You promised me the car. I don't know what you're talking about. It's just, it's, it's the kind of thing as a kid you would remember. Yes. It's, just it's super heartbreaking when it's someone you trust beyond all reason. It says, you don't know what you're talking about. It's like, you promised me. Well, that's one of the, 
that's one of the greatest things in the movie too because watching it as an adult you totally you get it from both sides you understand oh i don't i probably because i'm not a dad i don't understand the Ethan hawk side really you don't you don't understand how you can say something to somebody when they're a kid or whatever like just it doesn't have to be your own kid um, oh, I can, I can see kind of off guess, the cuff and it not meaning, you know, uh, you I just guess. forget about it after 10 years, you know what I, I guess mean? I like, could see him forgetting about it, but I can't see him how he reacted where he's like, he's like angry with him. It was my car. I paid my money for that. I didn't <laughs> take it as him being angry so much as him just explaining why it wasn't as big of a deal to him. And, you know, kind of, I mean, it was kind of in Ethan Hawke's character to to get defensive about it, but I saw it as more defensive than angry. Um, But yeah, no, I, that was one, because that is the kind of thing is like, you you don't, you forget that as kids, like they'll latch onto something and they'll hold on to it for years. Right. Yeah. um, When it was just something maybe off the cuff or, you know, some promise you made to get them to shut up in that moment or whatever. (laughs) It still felt like a betrayal. It was heartbreaking for me. Yeah. Well, but, Especially yeah. how they, they had it. It was like it was obvious this was on his mind, and he, he finally had the guts to bring it out, and the, the reaction wasn't like, I'm sorry, bud, this is this life. It was more defensive instead of like right. at, least, uh, at least telling him he understood his feelings. It was just like, you're crazy for even thinking that would happen. Right, right. No, I know, but the, again, that's kind of – it's that's life, man. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> I thought his reaction made it – made his – betrayal worse no but that's why yeah that's that's exactly why it's a great scene it's oh well i see what you're saying I, yeah yeah there's exactly. so many different what things going on yeah i thought you were defending the character but i i see what you're saying yes that is what happens in real life and that's why it was so so uh effective it hits you yeah yeah it was great and yeah. then it was kind of uh, funny going to the that the the new in-laws house and how religious they were yeah yeah and and at that point uh, Ethan Hawke's grown quite a bit and he's because you know early on in the film his character he would not have put up with that he would have he would have right. been talking shit to them and and needling them the whole time um, and he's just like yeah well you know this is who they are it's I don't know I can't state it enough it's a great 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 movie and much like Dazed and Confused everything is presented without any irony or nothing it's just as is, he's not making fun of anything. No, he he has complete respect for the characters. Um, all all the stripes. The, the Christian guy who's giving them a gun. That's not being made fun of. Yeah, no, it's, nobody is mocked. Um, I think that's it's it's very earnest and very very endearing. Yeah, and I don't know. I don't even want to. I don't even want to say too much about the movie because I don't want to spoil it if people haven't seen it. Because you absolutely should see it, but. I don't think if if you're worried that you learn too much, I don't think this movie can be spoiled. I think no, if you I, know everything you can know about it, it's still just as just as awesome. And and the the thing about it is the overall effect of it when you walk out. Uh, I, I don't know. It's pretty it's pretty amazing accomplishment because I this movie stayed in my mind for like weeks where I would just keep thinking about it, um, which is which is rare. At right. Yeah. That, that's how that's how it affected me. I, I just kept going back to it, thinking about it, and being like, "Why, why did this work so well?" And it's oh, almost... I, th- I think I thought of it more of an emotional level. I was just like, "Wow, that was really this affected me this way." Like another another really touching scene is at the end of the movie when he's leaving the house, and she's like, 
she's just, she's trying to cope with not having people in the house and she moved to a small apartment. She's like, take it with you. Right. And he's like, I, I don't want it. And then she's so angry. Right. So angry to be left alone. It's just, why are you so happy to leave me? It's just, that is just so touching. It, you and know, clearly, and clearly he's not happy. I mean, but that's life. That's how you're going to react irrationally when, when things are transitioning into a new phase of your life. Right. When you have major upheavals in, in the status quo. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's totally an emotionally affecting movie. I think that's that's another reason, you know, I, I thought about it so much. But it's almost impossible to explain why it's so emotionally affecting um, without seeing it, I think. Right, yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. And there's something, there's, uh, I forget why I heard this, and I, it didn't, I didn't hit me until they brought it up, but as every new thing that, that comes into the kid's life we see his reaction to it before it happens. Like they show the mother with a new boyfriend and then they go right to his face and see him looking and seeing Then the next scene they're married. Right. And I, right. I thought that was really cool. Did you notice that as you watched it? I didn't, but I, I, now that you say it, I, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. It was really, that was well done. I mean, I noticed the fact that he was noticing it, but I didn't realize that right after that, we're going into the new scene and maybe, <laughs> maybe the person's wrong, but I, it felt right to me. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Just... And the the another emotional heart, not heart. Something makes you the 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 the, the husbands that she cho- chooses are terrible. They make you angry. Right. For different reasons, but you different can... reasons. And and one was a bit of the first one was pretty obvious that was going to happen. At least to me, when I was watching, I was like, oh no. Yeah. But the second one, I was a little bit surprised. Yeah. And. <laughs> The second one wasn't so much a monster, really, as just no. the, the wrong guy. And, right, right. And she's obviously a very smart woman who makes bad choices in relationships, and, and uh, that happens. Like, that's another thing. Like, he's not judgmental about that. No, no, not at all. And, but some people <laughs> who talked about the movie were, and that was off-putting. Yeah, I, because you're missing the point, if that's what you're focusing on. Um. Yeah, it, it's really great because it, it does make you think. You know, you yeah, you can't you can't go through life being that judgmental about people and the decisions they make because everybody makes them, uh, us included. Right. And maybe in different ways, but we all we're all people trying to get by. I don't know. It's it's the movie's about so much more than on than what it is on the surface. Even. What was the original title? Do you remember? It wasn't going to be Boyhood. It was going to be something else. And then something... Oh, I know what it was. It was going to be called 12 Years. And then 12 Years of Slave came out last year and they didn't want to... Oh, right, right. 12 Years probably would have been a better title because it it was more than just about him. Right. He was the focus. He's the main character. But it's about... It's about other things. It's about the mother's growth as well. The The mother goes from being a single mother working at a dead end job to a college professor. Yeah. And, and you see, uh, you see in in one scene, which I won't give away, how kind of kind of as a, a correlation to the the scene with um, Ethan Hawke talking to his son about the car, how something she said kind of off the cuff to somebody ended up changing his life for the better. Oh man, that was yeah. What you're that was chills. Give me chills. Really good. Yeah, in a way, it was maybe the most movie like dramatic kind of scene in the movie but it totally worked and yeah and it didn't take you out of the movie at all it was yeah, right it was, 
what a great movie and great cast. I guess, yeah, nothing bad to say. So does uh, Linklater have set movies in any other area? Other than uh, Texas? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I imagine he likes to film there. That's his home base. I, I think School right. of Rock was set in Chicago. Um, it's just the but, fact we but, watched two in our, the two Linklater movies I've seen most recently both were there. Yeah, well, um, uh, the Before series all takes place overseas. So, well, I guess I won't be watching that. <laughs> but yeah, just uh, just watch the movie. There's it's it's worth it. It to me, it didn't feel like it was overly long. Like I could have watched another half hour of of their lives. But, yeah, but uh, I I don't think the length should put people off in any. Case. No, it just, if you can see it in the theater, just because it's awesome, but seeing it on DVD, the length doesn't matter at all. Right, because you can take a break, and um, it doesn't feel as long as it is. Yeah, no, it definitely didn't to me. Um, yeah, I guess I guess that's it. I don't want to give anything away, but uh, we gave a lot away. I guess so, we kind of did, but I don't. Oh, well, like I said, this is not a movie that matters. You could know the whole plot and you still would be affected by everything. You, you, you could read the screenplay and watching the movie would be a different experience because the, the performances are so good. Yeah, and just scene after scene of, you're like, oh shit, I can relate. I can relate. Yeah, right. And how awesome the screenplay is because it's not written all at once. It's written in pieces and some of, some of uh, what's the kid's name? LR? Is that, is that? Yeah, Eller. Eller. Some of his life is infused into the movie from what uh, I read. So right. well, and stuff he was interested in, they put into the character. So it wasn't written all at once. It was just written over time. And Hey, what's going on with you? Well, we'll put this in a movie. So that's neat. That's the only way that it would have worked. I, if he would have written it all beforehand, like he would well, yeah, be able to predict the changes in technology exactly. and shit that happened, yeah. you know, and, and he's got songs on the soundtrack from each. I mean, I guess oh, that's, that's easier right. How good do. was that? Yeah. Um, just, but another, another great, I mean, it's just a bunch of great little scenes, like well, in the bowling how, alley. No, when I he's... meant, I meant literally. How good was that? Was it was it spot on with the years and stuff? Oh, yeah, he got the he. I don't think he's ever fucked up with music in okay. years. Yeah, um, and just another quick great little scene was uh, in the bowling alley when he's talking to his daughter about sex. I thought was yeah another one very just very well observed. Uh, very well, but also very funny. Yeah, and, and that's the the thing about the music is it that is how you know when times change. As the music changes, you know, oh, that's another cue that the years have changed. But it, it, it's not, I think. It's not Dazed obtrusive. And, right. And Dazed and Confused is obtrusive. It's so loud. And it's just like, it's like, here's the music I listen to and I want you to hear it. In Boyhood, it's not like that. Boyhood's like, it's it's subtly showing you where you're at. Where, yeah, in time. And that's yeah. awesome. That's just really cool. And sometimes I I put it together and so other times I'm like, oh, this is from then? Okay. And I think there's even like, when when it comes to more recent stuff, I think it was, yeah, it was really neat. Yeah, one th- there was one scene that made me feel old because uh, it was a bunch of high school kids, the main character, and some kids like hanging out in this abandoned house drinking beer, and they're like, "What are they doing? They're throwing like, I don't know, they're throwing like fucking uh, saw blades or some shit. I can't even." Oh remember. right, that's what, yeah. It was definitely saw blades, and they're throwing like darts at the yeah. Yeah, and the and and I was I was like, oh my god, somebody's gonna get killed. They are these people idiots? What are they doing? Whereas when I was that age, that's the exact kind of dumb shit yeah. I did. I didn't think of that. I just, I was worried that the bad things were going to happen when they invited the friends over. I was like, Oh, 
what's going to happen because it was like we're going to invite some whores over here i forgot right. like, yeah but it's just dumb teenage talking yeah exactly yeah. and then i think the little kid his friend had the best response like if we're idiots why are you hanging out with us <laughs> yeah right that was great <laughs> that, that reminded me of something oh just watching the movie because you're used to watching movies with more of a dramatic edge there's scenes where and i think he probably did this on purpose there's scenes where something bad might happen but it never does right you're you're kind of expecting anticipating you're up on that cliff and then you just let down softly nothing yeah it's just just a wonderful wonderful movie and i think it's good for anybody i don't think you have to be a certain age or a guy or girl i think anybody you don't have to have kids you can be right single whatever yeah i agree so go say it if you don't you suck yep you're a big dum-dum um recommend Asians, 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 Asians. You go first. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to recommend uh, before uh, before sunrise, the first in the trilogy. Start with that, and then watch them all. As I said before, midnight, the last one, the weakest of the three. Uh, I personally think uh, before sunset, the second one is the best of them. But it it I think it's another one. It well, it kind of depends on where you are in your life, which one you're going to like the best. So. Uh, that's my recommendation. Check those out. I will. Eventually. We'll probably have an episode about them. We should. Yeah, it would be a good one to do. Will we do the first versus the last, and that's it? Just skip the middle one altogether? No. Gotta do all three. (laughs) Uh, My recommendation is a really great comic book that just started last month. And in fact, I should recommend it specifically, well, to everyone, because it's really good, but specifically to our friend of the show, David. I think he'd really like it, and I will should write him an email because he, he obviously doesn't listen this far. Because who does? Oh, is it about Jews? Whoa, that's a little harsh. Hi, David. Uh, it's it's called the Fade Out. It's a wonderful noirish book that's set in 1940s Hollywood. It's about the main character is a a, a, a screenwriter in during the studio studio times, obviously since it's that time, and a murder occurs, and you're brought into the story. And it's just very well written, and the art is outstanding, and it, it makes you feel like you're watching a movie that has Bogart in it, just with more dirty words. And it just—it actually just started last month, and at the end of every issue, he's giving like friends of his or wh- whatever an opportunity to write little stories. Like this, this—the first issue story was, a, I, I guess, a Hollywood historian wrote about the woman who dro- jumped off the Hollywood land sign, which I've never heard that whole story before and it was interesting to read it and i think every month so it, it's worthwhile to buy the actual single issues instead of the graphic novel when it all ends because you get that little bit that you might not get in the graphic novel and very good very well written so anybody who has an interest in that the stories from that era and good comic books should read it the fade out well that sounds excellent the fade out i want to check that out you should yeah that's uh and david definitely should it sounds like um all right well, I think next week we're probably going to do a music one. Uh, so the entire episode will be sung. Yes. Me, 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 me. Me, me, mamo. Uh, yeah, so uh, do your thing that you do at the end. Oh, wait. Uh, what was hey, the Rebecca. name of our letter writer? I can't even Rebecca. remember. Rebecca, you live your life as you live it. Yeah, just uh, stab your sister before whoa, she gets whoa, to you. Whoa, that's whoa, that's my advice. Wait, she has my address. So just just be cool. She doesn't have mine. I'm, uh, preemptive stabbing. That's my advice. Be cool. 
Uh, write to us at popculturecontinuum at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Is that where you like things? Rate us highly on iTunes. Write a review if you like, as long as it's good. If it's not look good, I will be sad. And tell your friends to listen. And Oh, follow us on Tumblr. Lots of good articles on Tumblr lately. All right. Where did I go there? And, and I just click reshare. Yeah. So Pat's just basically sharing his uh, internet life with you on Tumblr. So check Plus snakes. What's that? Plus snakes. Snakes? Oh, snakes. And snakes. Oh. Snakes of snakes. Exactly. All right. Uh, yeah, I think so. Next week, I think we're going to do uh, Teenage Fan Club versus Sloan, the new Sloan album. So uh, that's the plan now, but we'll see if things change. And that's uh, Sloan, that being they're named after the character in Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Oh, of course. And she's married to Brian Henson. Oh, Church J- for the day. Jim Henson's son. Yep. Wait, is that really? Who's Brian Henson? Jim Henson's son. Oh, wow. Got it in one. All right, um, so until next time, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. She's on a team.